the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Eight minutes after 10 o'clock, and we are underway with hour number two on this Monday. It is the 26th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan for joining us last half hour. We're going to be opening up the phone lines to you in just a bit at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. But first, time to talk a little sports. Kind of. Not really. We don't do a lot of sports talk on this program which is weird because I did sports talk for many, many years in this in this town. But when I talk about the Cleveland Indians now, I'm talking about cancel culture. They will be the Indians only for a couple more short months. At the end of this baseball season, the term Indians is completely removed from the Cleveland Baseball Club. They will now be the Cleveland Guardians. This announcement was made, of course, uh, at the very end of last week. The statement from the Indians was they wanted to do something that honored the pride and the loyalty and the protection, protective instincts of the people of the land, the people of Cleveland. So they chose the name reflected by a couple of um, stone statues on a bridge heading into, uh, heading into downtown Cleveland from the west side that nobody ever noticed before. <laughs> they were the guardians of traffic. Apparently, and so now they are the guardians of the baseball stadium. They are the Cleveland Guardians. This is not a sports story. This is a cancel culture story. First, second, and always. Before George Floyd died, Cleveland really pushed hard against any movement by MLB to get them to change their name. They weren't going to do it. They were still the Indians. Then George Floyd died, and the summer of racial reckoning started. The Washington Redskins changed their name. And just a couple of days later, the Indians said, well, I guess we have to do it too. They bowed to the cancel culture mob and said, okay. And for the last calendar year, they've been looking for a new name, and they settled on Guardians. Now, let me bring this current. A couple of days ago, 
Actually, it was on Friday. I saw a PDF posted on Facebook from an organization called the Native American Guardians Association. And I said, Native American Guardians? Oh, my goodness, they did it again. They tried to placate the woke mob by getting rid of the Indians' nickname for fear of offending Native Americans, and now they chose another name that offends Native Americans, Guardians. But that's not what the Native American Guardians Association is, and it's not what they said in the press release. And joining me now to discuss what they did have to say and what they do feel about the the, uh, changing of the name Indians to Guardians is the president and the vice president of the Native American Guardians Association. Tony Henson is president. Eunice Davidson is the vice president. Thank you both for coming on to talk about what's going on here in Cleveland. Tony, how are you this morning? Great. We're doing great. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Eunice Davidson, it's good to have you as well. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having us also. It's a pleasure. Now, um, I told friends and some people off the air over the weekend that I was going to be talking to you guys because this is a big story. I think the statement you guys made is a big one. I said, I'm going to be talking to Tony Henson and Eunice Davidson, and they said, what? Those aren't Native American names. These, This is a fraud group. These people aren't Native Americans. So get that out of the way. Tony, tell me about your ethnicity, ancestry, connection, or whatever to Native Americans. Well, I've, I've known since I was a little kid, that um, I was Cherokee, uh, part Cherokee. And so Eunice is a, um, a licensed genealogist, and she's gone back through um, the ancestry, and I'm somewhere around a quarter Cherokee, and she's working to get me enrolled in um, the Eastern Band Cherokee tribe. Um, three of our five board members are full blood Mm-hmm. Um, Native Americans, and we even have the chief of a tribe of an Eastern tribe who's on our leadership team. So um, they 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 tr- they try to downplay us because they can't compete with our message. Well, you know, and that's important to note. And you're right; they do that. Those on the political left, and I don't know what your political leanings are. I don't want to turn this into an ideological war. But those on the political left typically do. They attack the messenger if they cannot attack the message. And like I said, people I heard said the same thing. Henson, Davidson, those aren't Native American names. By the way, Eunice, when we're done, I'm going to want to talk to you off the air because my my wife, I think, is a quarter is a, probably an eighth Cherokee because her mother was a quarter Cherokee, and she's tried to trace that lineage too. Uh, but I uh, never sure. got to the. She never got to the bottom of it, and her her mom has passed. So maybe you can help us out with that. Okay, now let's sure. get to the let's get to the issue at hand, Tony. Um, in the uh, press release that you put out on Friday, quote: As an organization, we believe Indian removal is what is truly discriminatory because it singles Native Americans as underrepresented minor uh, an underrepresented represented minority group. The removal of the decades-long tradition is just another sad chapter in the cancel culture hysteria and only furthers, further erases the American Indian from the public conscience. So your stand, and that of NAGA, is that you'd rather have the name Indian uh, uh, you know, adorning a baseball franchise, even if some might see it as offensive, because at least it keeps the Indian culture in people's mindset. Is that, am, I, am I stating that accurately? Right. I, I think that uh, probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with some of the, the national polling that's been done by the Washington Post and Annenberg and um, the Associated Press, various others. And it consistently shows that 80, 90 percent of Native Americans either have no problem with these names and images or heavily support them. Um, it was the former president 
of the National Congress of the American Indian um, that was responsible for the Washington Skins logo. And he was quoted in a um, Sports Illustrated article as saying, it's only a small number of these radicals that oppose these names. He said, Indians are proud of Indians. And that's just the way it is. It's, uh, it's a radical fringe activist movement that's doing all of this. And it's against the will of the vast majority of rank-and-file, common-sense Native Americans, whether you're an enrolled member on a reservation or an urban Indian. Um, we see these respectful names and images as a source of pride, and this is just one more act of Indian removal. Let me uh, bring Eunice into this part of this. Eunice, the word Indian is um, is it at issue for some people who say these people who are in you know this country and on this continent when we came to quote unquote settle it had no no connection whatsoever to India. So Indian is a, is a misnomer in the first place. It's got to be Native American or Indigenous peoples. How do you feel about the word Indian just as a general term? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I have. No problem. I'm from Spirit Lake Reservation in North Dakota. I am a tribal enrolled member of Full Blood Dakota Sioux. Um, our our school, high school out here, our school on the on our reservation is called the Four Winds Indians. And if anybody come, came to try and remove that name, there would be another Sioux uprising, believe me. Wow. Our people totally, totally love that name. We revered it. In fact, our boys' Class B basketball tournament, they won the Class B uh, championship in North Dakota, the basketball. And people, non-Indians were just, everyone around North Dakota was cheering for the Indians to win because it was our first win for a basketball uh, championship. But I can tell you this, our people love the name. About a year ago, we, we finally got a hold of somebody from the um, Cleveland Indians team, uh, Team we talked to, uh, I can't remember who they were, three people. And I, we, we wanted to uh, let them know, I wanted to let them know that we are the Four Winds Indians. We love that name. If you would allow us to talk with your representatives or whoever, I, I think there could be, if we talk to our, our people on our reservation and our tribal leadership, I wonder if there couldn't become some kind of relation to the Cleveland Indians from our tribe supporting them. They never got back to us. I thought wow. that would have been huge, and I had talked to a couple people that I know and uh, uh, some people on the basketball team, and they thought that would be awesome. They said, oh, my God, that would be something, because, you know, we have this uh, logo that one of our tribal elders had done a while ago for our school, and it's just an awesome logo. It's a picture of a warrior, a strong warrior, and that's all we ever liked is, uh, on our reservation, in fact, we had a vote in 2009, and I wrote a book. It's called Aren't We Sue Enough? Because of what happened to our vote, we voted by 70% to save the Fighting Sioux name at the University of North Dakota. When I wrote that book, we had the social justice warriors, the white-haired professors, the non-Indians, said awful things about our tribe. They downplayed us. They'd never talk about our vote. They wouldn't put that out there. But they said that if we were more educated, we never would have voted that way. And, you know, to this day, they still don't want to put it out there that an actual reservation of Indians voted to save a name and image. And that, that's just totally wrong of what they're doing. You know, the, this cancel culture right now is going after, our, <clears throat> going after our Indian names and images. Why? They want to cause genocide. But why did they do that? 
And the ones that are doing it, who are causing this, I'm kind of a historian. Like Tony said, I'm a genealogist. Um, I read many books. I read about history. You know, a lot of times you got to read between the lines, you know, to figure out what's really being said. I kind of look at these people that are doing this to the people who did this back in the 1800s to our people who were responsible for massacres, who wanted to get rid of our people. That's who I see this cancel culture, what they are doing to us. Because at University of North Dakota, we fought the white professors. We didn't fight anybody else. It was them. It was uh, education, the academia that pushed to get rid of this. Eunice uh, Davidson, let, let me uh, let me bring Tony back in here. As a matter of fact, can, can you yeah. guys hang on with me for a segment or for a short time out here so we can continue the segment? I want to ask you a few more questions about this. Can you hold on? Sure. Okay, yeah, good. Sure. We're going to take we're going to take a short time out here. Eunice Davidson is the vice president. Tony Hansen is the president of the NAGA, which is the Native American Guardians Association, which fought very very hard to protect and preserve Indian nicknames on sports teams, including the soon to be former Cleveland Indians. We'll get back with them right after this. Okay, 1023, we continue now with our guests from the Native American Guardians Association, President Tony Henson, and the uh, Vice President is Eunice Davidson. Tony, you referenced um, a few minutes ago the Washington Post survey and several others that have been done of Native American uh, populations in this country, and the overwhelming majority of them either have no problem or they strongly support the use of Native American nicknames and Im- imagery connected with sports teams. Um but the few that do object are really loud and really vocal. And it seems like they're the only ones that the Cleveland Indians um, and others will talk to. Uh, as Eunice said, she, you guys tried to reach out to the Indians and didn't get any response about keeping the name. But just a handful of, of individuals from a different tribe that don't like the idea of, uh, of the Indian name, they're the ones who seem to get all of the attention. Why? Yeah, well, um, they come together um um, uh, as, as a group, as a um, uh, unified voice, get, you know, trying to give the appearance that they are the voice of Native America. And Naga was formed specifically to give voice to what we call the silence majority of the rank-and-file Native American people whose voices do get shut out of this debate. We think the best barometer of Native American opinion on this issue is going to Native Americans, not going to some political hack, not going to some activist organizations that say that they speak for Native Americans, but yet that's who they listen to. Uh, you know, we, we were able to talk to some lower-level uh, people within the, the Cleveland Indians organization, and we made our case, and we said, you know, we told them that this is against the will of, of the vast majority of Native Americans. And, you know, take the example of the Spokane Indians minor league team with the Spokane Indian tribe up in Washington, where they, they have a great partnership. I said, you know, you guys could be doing that. We could help you develop a new logo. You have a Native American artist, you know, help you with that. We could do, you know, innovative things to truly bring attention to Native Americans. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, what, what ended up happening is Mr. Dolan uh, got caught up in the moment, and he decided that he wanted to brandish his woke anti-racism racial, racism credentials on the backs of the fans and on the backs of Native Americans. And it's a shame for everybody. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Let me ask you this. Um, let me go back to Eunice for this one. You know, you said everybody has pride in the name Indians and several of the others. You know, is there is there any Native American nickname or imagery that you and NAGA do find offensive? For example, the Washington football team, a lot of people said was worse than Indians because it was Redskins literally identifying this group by the color of their skin, and that's racist. Does that bother you more, or does it bother people in the NAGA more? And what of the Blackhawks, the Fighting Illini, the Seminoles, the Chiefs, the Braves, and all of the other ones that are out there? Are there any problems with any of those? Are you talking to me? Yes, yes, Eunice, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, No, the Washington Redskins, we supported that name wholly, and the reason we did that was because Lone Star Deeds used to coach for the Boston Braves. He was an Indian, and he's the one that actually went along with his his coach to actually change the name from Braves to Redskins. He was an Indian. We loved it that he did that. Then along came um, um, Blackie Wetzel, who was the Blackfoot, tribal leader at the time, the chair, and he actually is the one that came out with the logo that the Redskins had, the Washington Redskins. He went there and said, if you're going to use our name, at least have a decent logo. So they went back and they their artist, whoever it was, they took um, black, uh, what was his name, black? Two Guns. Two Guns, White Calf, and used a profile for the Redskins logo. And that's where that came from. It came from Indians themselves, from reservations. I mean, we all supported that, so many of us. We have a couple on our leadership team who are from uh, Arizona. They started the 505 Redskin Club because of the name and the logo. And they had nothing but Indians on their in their club, over 500, who totally supported the Redskins. They never had anything to do with the Redskin Club or, or team or anything, but they just supported them. Let me, let me, let me ask you let me ask you about terms like warriors Eunice um, some have said that that might be a good substitute for the Washington Redskins but others say no because that depicts Native Americans as being bloodthirsty savages warriors out there waging war on everybody <laughs> you hear these things you know, right I'm not making that up this, is, this is what they are yes you know warriors is more of a generic term but um, like uh, the fighting Sioux when they used it at the University of North Dakota, they would come on the big, uh, I don't know what you call that, trom and they're aiding on their and their skating rink, mm-hmm. and they would talk about why they were called the fighting Sioux, because of the warrior like the, the 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 Indian, the warrior like how they were courageous and they were brave, and uh, they they went forward, they fought, they didn't uh, they didn't bow down or they didn't uh, they weren't wimps, something like that. They didn't quite say that, but that was the, their intent intentions to honor the American Indian rather than to put them down. The yeah, Blackhawks, I love, and, and, I and, love and the, you know, uh, One more real quick. The tomahawk chop that is used by, like, the Atlanta Braves, that's also drawn the scorn of the, you know, the woke left, you know, all that, again, because that makes it sound like that the uh, Indians or the Braves, if you were in this case, are savages, you know, the oh, chant that they do with the tomahawk chop. <laughs> and, of course, they have the tomahawk on the jersey underneath the word brave, again, making right. it look like a warring type of people. Um, there is they, they find that all that. objectionable. Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like people took the term redskin, some of these, these uh, cancel culture, whether they be Native American or they be non-Native, they took that redskin and they turned it in, that name into something awful that it's not. It was never, ever our, in fact, our ancestors used that 
when they were even taught when, when they talked to the president of the United States back in eighteen the early eighteen hundreds. He even talked, he said, We are the redskins. We are the red men, they'd say. Then you, you you're the white skins. All they did was use that term to to for this color of our skin. You know, back then they had their uh the language so they didn't quite know how to come out with the redskins, but they, they call themselves redskins and red men. Why wouldn't we? It's not a term that is derogatory or definitely not a racist term. The, this uh this movement. Yeah, but you see, yeah, but you see, you, do, you guys, you guys are too dumb to know what offends you. You see, that's the <laughs> thing here. Yeah, I mean, really, that's what the that's what the the people who raise this this as an issue say. They basically think you guys they have to speak for you because you don't understand how offended you should be uh, by, by, by by being described by the color of your skin in such a way. This is what they think exactly. of you guys. Exactly, and they and they and believe me, they don't speak for me. And I, you know, I wish to, I wish the, the Cleveland Indian fans, I wish that for just to show what the power that they have, I wish they would, they would stop attending the game to show what's going on. You know, they, that the underlining thing here is money. Well, the good news, the good news is Eunice and, and Tony, uh, according to what I read yesterday, the, uh, the, uh, organization of the ball club they will not ban the um uh wearing of indians gear and you know all of the what would then be called retro i guess the indians gear the chief wahoo the name and all of that stuff to games they're not going to ban some people thought they might say you can't wear that in here they are going to let you do it and based on what i hear from the people here in cleveland ohio and the anger nobody's going to be wearing guardians gear they're all going to continue to wear indians gear so at least the name and the culture that naga stands to protect will still be there at least in some form at the ballpark uh, starting next year. That's, well, that's wonderful. That's what happened here at the fighting, too. They, nobody, everybody wears the logo yet to this day, and they yell, too, at the hockey games. Nobody wears that fighting hawk, whatever awesome. it was they put in place. Of it. Well, good, good for so, them. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's great um, that they it's great that they still continue to embrace that. Listen, I'm out of time here. In fact, I'm two minutes past our newscast, but I'm going to give another thirty seconds to you, Tony, to do this. Just in the off chance that anybody with the Indians organization is listening to this show right now, what message do you have for them? Um, re- return it back to the Indians. I mean, the, the, this whole thing, uh, you, you, you just just like you were talking about in the George Floyd hysteria, you know. It's like people lost their mind. It's like, oh, we have to change. And we were like saying, no, you don't. You know, this this uh, this is not a popular movement. This is a very fringe, radical leftist movement. And and the thing about it is most Indian people uh, would identify as liberal Democrats. So it's bipartisan, Republican, moderate, Democrat. On this issue, we all stand to about 90 percent. We don't want these names and images removed. That is fantastic, and I can love I, that great can message. I, can I have? Can I please have you give us our, our website and our Twitter account is at Guardians Native, and our website is uh, Naga uh, Naga N-A-G-A Education org. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. I'm glad to have it, and and I'll repeat it after the news. Tony and Eunice, thank you both for coming on and sharing your viewpoints on all of this. I appreciate and respect that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You got it. 10.33, we'll catch up on the news and be right back after this. Progressive Democrats. 
Please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 1038. Back a little bit long there, but um, it was worth it. The mission statement for the national, uh, again, I'm sorry, I keep saying national, it's native, Native American Guardians Association. The mission statement is, as I refresh my screen, apologies, to preserve Native American heritage and history and culture, in part through the respectful use of Native American imagery and names all across the United States. So they they just come right out and say, we like the use of Native American imagery and names because that preserves and protects Native American heritage, history, and culture. The biggest fear, and I've talked to a lot of people about this who are very closely connected, including people like uh, Tony and, and Eunice, who are literally representing one of the organizations, who tell me that the biggest fear that they have is that after the Native American population was essentially driven from their land, um, which is what we did, make no bones about it, we did. Uh, I'm not going to give it back because virtually every piece of developed land on this planet was fought for. (laughs) It was. There were wars over the land. And to the victors go the spoils. Usually, the victors just kill everybody that they were fighting against, and their populations are wiped out. In this case, in North America, uh, we didn't, fully anyway, um, and there are Native American reservations. And to those people who had their land uh, you know, taken from them or lost their land in the wars, if you will, their biggest fear is that their history will 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 go away along with it that they won't have any you know there won't be any vestiges or remembrance of their culture for future generations to even know it's really important to them that their heritage history and culture be preserved and one of the ways it is is by the use of names like the fighting Sioux and the, and the fighting Illini which is in a, a tribe in Illinois and the Seminoles in in uh, in northern Florida and yes names like Indians generally speaking and chiefs and braves and Blackhawks and and Apaches and and so forth these are all very important to that, to them that they stay in the collective conscious consciences and consciousness of of the American people because it's uh you know it's 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 how they make sure that their 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 culture lives forever. Their slogan is educate not eradicate. We don't want to eradicate native american symbols and names and so forth. We want to educate people about them. And that's what they're here for. And those surveys that they talked about are spot on. The Washington Post has done these uh, surveys. I have seen a number of them. It's overwhelming. The number of people who either have no opinion, which means they're totally fine uh, with Native American imagery and nicknames, and those who support it is over 90%. Those who are opposed to it and say it's offensive and this has got to go, how dare you use my culture, blah, 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 to represent a baseball team, football team, hockey team, etc. It's under 10% of them. And yet, Paul Dolan 
And the Indians chose to listen to that under 10%. Because of wokeness, because of cancel culture, because of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all the rest. That's the sad part of it all. And they're, they're serving by, by doing what they believe, or they think anyway, or they've been tricked into thinking, is protecting and helping the Native American population from being offended, what they're doing is serving to wipe out the culture that the Native American population wants to preserve. That's the sick part about it. Let's go to the phones. 216-901-0945. Fairview Park. Mark, you're on AM 1420. The answer. Go right ahead. Morning, Bob. Uh, I was just talking with my brother who's... uh uh, in California now, he's the uh, king of sports memorabilia, but he is uh, uh, totally furious. Uh, you know, as a little kid, I can remember him in front of the TV in the 50s, you know, with his pad and pencil and taking down stats and everything else. And he's just, he's furious with this Dolan, too, who uh, he, he did some research. He says the guy's worth $4.5 billion and one of the cheapest managers uh, or owners uh, over just or just over the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know. But also, one of the problems I have here with this, uh, like Frank Cosa, uh, during one of his apologies I've seen on TV, he's stating he's there. Now we can sit down and unite and unify Cleveland. I'd like I'd like to know when was Cleveland ever disunified over this silly this silly uh, issue? Except except when you had four or five people out there banging on a drum. And don't forget, the, the last guy who was out there years back, he kind of disappeared, but he had some kind of Indian community center, I think, out in Parma. He was the guy that was arrested for absconding with $75,000. But the last thing I'd like to finish up on, when I went to college in the University of Arizona, I had a roommate there, Hopi Indian. I'm in touch with him about once every two weeks. He'd constantly writing me for, hey, send Indian logos or anything from any of the other schools. He's there because he was making a jacket uh, with all these logos on it, you know. But you got to understand, he got a scholarship to, to Harvard, and he's a practicing doctor now. So this is a guy with a life, okay? But uh, anyhow, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for your time, Bob. You got it. Thank you so much for the call, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're talking about Robert Roche. He's the... Uh, one of the leaders of this tiny little protest movement um, <clears throat> against the Indians and against Chief Wahoo and so on and so forth. And you're right, he did. He got arrested for embezzlement or something like that. I can't remember, but it was a lot of money, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, I want to say driven off after that. But he certainly stayed out of the public eye for a long time. But he's back in it now that the Indians are changing their name. But yes, um, you know, you're right to question when Terry Francona said, and I didn't hear him say this, if he said what you said he did, that now we can unify, I disagree. I think it's going to be more split than ever because what you're going to have is probably 80 to 90% of baseball fans who go to progressive field starting next year are going to be wearing Indians gear and referring to the tribe as the tribe. And maybe 10% of the woke crowd is going to be wearing guardian stuff. So it's not going to unify people behind the Guardians. People who are Indians fans are going to remain Indians fans and are going to be constantly be complaining about Guardians. And those who are embracing the new non-offensive Guardian term, which doesn't uh, you know, uh, make fun of or offend Native American populations or whatever, uh, like I said, those people are going to be like the 
protesters banging on the drum, the four or five people banging on a drum every opening day. They're going to be such a small percentage of the people wearing that Guardian stuff that they're almost going to be invisible. But uh, no, we're not suddenly united now. If anything, it'll bring more people who support the Indians together, but it won't unite us with the other side. Chuck is in uh, North Ridgeville next. Hi, Chuck. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Um, yeah, first of all, you shouldn't be going to the Tribe games anymore. Uh, that's the way you hit them in the pocket. You're uh, right. But I want to say anecdotally, I have backpacked and or hiked in every national park or monument in the U.S. and Canada, and I will tell you that the place you see the second most chief Wahoo and Indians paraphernalia is the Navajo Reservation. Navajo National Park, Canyon de Chelly, Shiprock area, Farmington, all those areas. They love Chief Wahoo, and they love the tribe. Uh, the second thing I wanted to tell you was my wife and I were both born in the UCC, United Church of Christ, and we got married there, and at a church service I stood up and I told the pastor, we're putting money in this plate, and the UCC is giving the money to that group that is protesting in front of the uh, uh, of the stadium about Native Americans uh, and the Indian Wahoo thing, and at the same time, the Cleveland Plain Dealer three consecutive Sundays did an article about UCC ministers and pastors in Africa raping little boys and girls. I said, don't you think we ought to take our money and clean up our own yard before we start giving it to these 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 splinter Native American groups? The third thing. I wanted to say is that we can't be going to these games. You need to boycott. And also the history of the Indians. Back in the early 20th century, baseball couldn't draw flies. So we had all kinds of teams. We had the Cleveland Spiders and things like that. So the idea was to uh, get a star on board, like Napoleon Lajoui, that's how the early Indians were named the Cleveland Naps, after him. That's right. Well, when he tanked out the next year, uh, they didn't have a name. Well, they couldn't take uh, 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 another star. They didn't have the money, so they used the one they had, Alex Sock Alexis. Now, they couldn't use the White Sox or the Red Sox. That's why uh, Cincinnati used the Red Legs. But they wanted to name the team, once again, that was the uh, trend to name it after the star. So he, Alex Sock Alexis was an Indian, Lewis, a Native Lewis, American. Lewis, Lewis, Lewis so that's Sock why they named it the Cleveland Indians. So it honors the Indians. And this owner has no idea about the history. It lasted over 100 years. And he, and he just tore it up. Yeah. No, I, 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 the one disagreement I would have with you, Chuck, is, and I agree with all of it except this, he does know the history, he just doesn't care. He's willing to sacrifice, and they are willing to sacrifice the history to the woke mob of 2020, last year when they made this decision, and now 2021 when they announced a new name. They know the history, and they know what it's about, they know it wasn't offensive, but... In, in the revisionist history of this age, they're saying it is offensive. And maybe it wasn't then, but it is now. It's like, um, and thanks for the call. You know, it's like the minstrel shows, you know, the blackface. You know, hey, they used to be acceptable, but now in a more enlightened and woke society, it's terrible. Anybody who does blackface is, is going to get fired from their job and ostracized from society. So they're saying, yeah, sure, it was, it was fine before. It was acceptable to name it after Indians, even a little legitimate and literal Indian in Lewis Sock Alexis, but that would not be okay today. They wouldn't be able to pick a player's ethnicity and name it today. So they're, he's aware of the history. He is just sacrificing it to the woke mob of the day.
That that's that's the bottom line here. Chuck, thank you. TJ in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, it's funny. He changed the name from the Indians, and then he named his team after two white guys. You know, the Guardians on that bridge. But, uh, you know, I, my name choice for Dolan would have been the Cleveland Relocators. He could take his team and move the hell out of town tomorrow, and I wouldn't care one bit. I mean, this stuff is is, is getting just so totally ridiculous. But this Guardian thing, I drive across that bridge, I see two white supremacists sitting there in stone. And now I that's never, I never, uh, I never took note of the facial features of those statues on that bridge to see that they looked white or something else. To be honest with you, to be truthful, I never noticed they existed. And I bet ninety percent of of Clevelanders didn't know they existed. Didn't give a rat's behind about them. And in fact, uh, Terry Pluto wrote about this the other day. Th- no, not Terry Pluto. Jim Ingram wrote about it the other day. Anybody who lives east of Cleveland who comes downtown and goes to Progressive Field from the other direction has never seen those things. It's only the West Siders that see them because they only come in from the one side on that bridge. Uh, so if these were so important to the people of Cleveland, they would be all over the place, and people would be talking about them. The Guardian of traffic uh it just sounds so ridiculous and so stupid i just think they were so desperate in my opinion tj think about this in my opinion because they kept the colors and they kept the kind of font that was used for the indians it's kind of like a i don't know how to describe it but you understand what i mean by like the indian mm-hmm. font kind of a thing and they it still ends with D-I-A-N-S. Indians, guardians, almost sounds alike. I think they just made this crap up so they could offend as few of, uh, a few of, uh, a number of people as possible while placating the angry fans who didn't want to lose Indians in the first place. No, that's true. Real quick, Bob, the reason the Hope Bridge, uh, supposedly Bob Hope's father was a stonecutter that uh, uh, was one of the people that carved them uh, them sculptures. I didn't know I mean, that. Yeah, that's that was one of the history. Didn't know that's why that. they I thought it the whole it, bridge. Yeah, and I, I thought it meant hope as in, you know, optimism, hope. You know, it's like a no, positive no, thing. It was, it <laughs> not was about the Bob Hope Bob family. Hope. Not yeah. about that. All right, well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I didn't even know about them. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a lame excuse. It's a lame answer. It's a lame decision. It's a lame name. And as far as boycotting the, the team, it's not the team necessarily. I've boycotted baseball, period. Since last year when they started putting BLM on the mounds, and this year when they stole the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia, and gave it to Denver, Colorado, because the people of Georgia passed a law to restrict uh, the ability of people to cheat and to expand the ability of people to vote. When they stole the All-Star game from Georgia over the Georgia voter integrity law, that's when I said, I'm done. And that's the reason I've boycotted the entire game. We'll be back. Okay, 10.56, final segment is a short one, but i got time for a call or two here, depending on what we talk about. Dan in Independence, let's see what he wants to talk about. Hey, Dan, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Bob. Uh, Even your guest said it, okay, the white professors, okay? It's the white leftists that are pushing for this, and then you expounded on it, okay, because they need causes out there, okay, and they got these people all ginned up. And uh, for these things like that, I uh, heard on another interview uh, the best definition, uh, a guy asked his college professor 30 years ago when they were really professors, the difference between a psychotic and a neurotic. And he said a psychotic 
thinks two and two equals five. A neurotic knows two and two equals four and can't handle it. And I think that is the <laughs> definition of this whole woke thing, right? The facts, they just can't handle it. I think that's well said. They, that, that's, that's very true because the, the statistics don't lie. You know, the facts that right. they gave me as far as the percentages, but it's the small group that can't handle it, uh, that, that, you know, that seems to make the most noise. And it's the small right. group that can't handle it that seems to get the most attention because, uh, everybody else, shouldn't say everybody else, but the people who are, you know, generally okay with everything just kind of sit back and watch the little pouty people pout and stomp their feet and just go about their day. But then, you know, because they were quiet and because they, they just dismissed the pouty people as being insignificant, suddenly they get a little bit of, you know, they get people listening, the wrong people listening. And, and, uh, the tiny majority or tiny minority makes the decisions now for the overwhelming majority. And that's just a question. Yeah, it's crazy. It I is. thought that was and it is perfect. neurotic. And it is neurotic. Yeah, I they thought just it was can't handle it. That's what it comes definition to. of that. Yep. Well done. Well done. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. No, I think that's uh, that's very well said. The, the, if you if you doubt what I'm talking about, look at their website. They started to give it talking about the NAGA, the Native American Guardians Association, before the end of the interview. They're at nagaeducation.org. N-A-G-A for Native American Guardians Association. N-A-G-A Education. Dot org. You'll see. The headline will say, Educate, Not Eradicate, and you'll see the statement there, and you'll see who they are and what they are. Their mission, <clears throat> to increase education about Native Americans, especially in public educational institutions, and greater recognition of Native, Native American heritage through the high-profile venues of sports and other platforms. They represent a massive majority of indigenous peoples, Native Americans, but they have been overwhelmed by the tiny few who made the most noise at just the right time in the woke racial reckoning year of 2020. That's how it all came to be. All right. Thanks to Jim Jordan. Thanks to my guests from the NAGA. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to John. Thanks to Marcy for running our show. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.